At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 245 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I know there are many of you who are really tending to your food peace journey and finding some joy in that and actually getting some respite from the intrusive thoughts that come with living in diet culture. But what do you do when you're not alone? You know, you live in a family, there's other people in your life, maybe um, maybe it's not family, maybe it's friends, a partner, someone who is living with you that you're concerned. I know many of you live with people in your life who have chronic conditions. One that's really common is prediabetes or diabetes. I know this is a stumbling block for so many people, and I have a letter from someone today who has been working through their own food peace journey, yet now is experiencing kind of a panic because what are they going to do as they are living with someone who's experiencing diabetes? I have so much to say, and I invited a guest. Her name is Rachel Hartley. She's the author of the book, Gentle Nutrition. She has so much wisdom when it comes to how to incorporate intuitive eating tools with diabetes. But before we get to hear from Rachel and this episode's letter, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have been diagnosed with PCOS, I know that you've been told you have 
to diet in order to manage the condition. And I don't want PCOS to be associated with that four-letter word anymore. I know you've experienced these really intense carb cravings. You're always tired and pressured to eat less and move more. It's such a shit show what they expect you to do. There is another way. My PCOS and Food Peace course was created just for you. After working with thousands of people with PCOS, I have put together a food peace framework just for people with PCOS to feel more at home in their body and also manage the symptoms in the way that you want without diets. Yes, there is a way. This course includes 12 self-paced video modules. What does that mean? Well, you get access to this course right away, every single module. You can do it at your pace and you have lifetime access to the course. The course also includes a workbook, lots of handouts, things to help you along your journey, and my favorite, we have live monthly group coaching calls. I'm also going to be increasing the amount of group coaching calls, and there's also going to be a private PCOS and Food Peace podcast as a part of the course now too. So grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, enough of all that. Let's go ahead and hear this episode's letter. Dearest food, I love you. You are delicious and I enjoy you. I also sometimes feel angry towards you and blame you for my problems. I've also felt scared of you and felt you were going to hurt me. However, I've done a lot of work around this. These days, I often feel neutral towards you. I feel we are getting into a groove and have a much better relationship. I am so grateful for this. I even ate a tuna on raisin bread sandwich to celebrate, one of my newly discovered weird food combination loves. I'm so glad we can be playful together sometimes. Nevertheless, I still have hiccups in this journey that make me doubt all of it. Recently, a family member of mine, someone I love and cook for often, was diagnosed pre-diabetic. Honestly, I'm not sure what this means. I do know he has been told to be careful about carbs and sugars or he will become full-on diabetic and this will ruin the rest of his life. This is not what was actually said, of course, but this is the message that seems to underlie what was said. I am scared. Did my cooking do this? By embracing food... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Food, stressing less, and ditching diets, have I caused a health problem for someone I love so dearly? 
What about when I get pregnant and have my first child? What will I do then? How do I know that what I'm doing is best for those that will be dependent on me? Don't they deserve the best chance at a healthy life? And what does it actually mean? It feels as if I'm able to work out my individual relationship with you a bit, but when others are involved, I begin to feel the creeping in of doubt. I even Googled diets for diabetes today. I had a sinking feeling when I did that, as if maybe I would have to break up with you. Maybe all of our playful, fun, neutral times were over. Maybe we would have to go back to how things used to be. Maybe I was wrong all along. It's been hard to know what is right for me, and I still struggle to stay on course. When I start to feel my decisions may be impacting others I love deeply, and the doubt becomes fiercer, and I actually become afraid. I become afraid of you, food. Will you hurt my family? Love, sad, and scared. Thank you so much for this note, letter writer. I really appreciate it. I am connecting with the nuance that you're exploring. You know, there's one thing to be said about mending your own relationship with food, but what about that process and how it affects other people in your life? Is that going to affect them for positive, negative? What if they have a health condition? Could it fuck it all up? While I am just going to go ahead and jump to one conclusion, that it's not going to be quite that black and white, I still want to explore this because I think it's an important space that many people can relate to. And I'm going to invite you right now to a conversation with Rachel Hartley. Rachel is a dietitian that I've known for a while now, and she's also the author of the book, Gentle Nutrition, a non-diet approach to healthy eating. She is someone that has been exploring the nuance of intuitive eating work while also living with different health conditions. So let's go ahead and give Rachel a call. Hello. Hey, Rachel. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Great. How are you today? I'm fabulous. Excited to talk to you. I know it's been way too long since we've had a chance to chat, but thanks for coming on. And I am wondering if you had a chance to read through the letter I sent you. I did. I did. Thank you for sending and yes, had a chance to read over it. Awesome. When I read the letter, I was thinking about your book that you just uh, released. And I thought this is a really um, important letter. And again, it made me think of your book because that's something I know that you explore in there is like how to just continue on with working through intuitive eating while, you know, bringing up chronic conditions and health conditions. So thank you for reading it and um, helping us kind of sift through it. But when you were, when you were reading through the letter, what was your general impression about what this person's experiencing? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate you saying that about the book. Cause I, I know that one thing I was thinking about when I wrote it was how, you know, this belief that health is simply an outcome of food and fitness, it puts so much pressure around 
how we feed ourselves and how we move our bodies. And to the point where, you know, it really creates this environment and, and fuels behaviors that are actually harming our health. And I just, I read this letter and I can see like, oh my goodness, this letter writer loves their family. So, 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 so dearly, like and they're actually supporting their health by having this like caring and loving and strong relationship with, with their family member. And like, oh my goodness, how sad that, um, you know, that, that this cultural belief around nutrition and food and, and chronic health conditions is like standing in the way of this, um, of this truly like physically and mentally health promoting family relationship. Yeah, I um, wanted to like give this person a hug and let them know like them mending their relationship with food and then also like modeling that like how in the in the long term, you and I know, Rachel, that's something that's connected with like lower blood sugar, you know, things like that. And um, like I've, everybody still ha- like deserves to have access to like recovery and to feel at home in their body and Um, I hate how the current messaging with like, uh, diabetes, which I do think I say this a lot on this podcast, but I, I really believe that diabetes is used as a weapon to, um, make people like comply with diet culture to pursue weight loss, even if they're kind of not wanting to, or feeling like it's harmful. Um, I'm sure you've heard people talk about like, um, relapsing and their eating disorder recovery or in their intuitive eating process because of like the threat of diabetes and it's, it does seem like, you know, trying to do intuitive eating work in a world that has this kind of mentality about diabetes can mm-hmm. feel like, like you're just pursuing something intentionally that's going to like harm you and your family. Like that just is such a hard, heavy burden for this person to hold on to, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it, no diabetes, it's so used as like a threat by many mm-hmm. doctors. And, um, I was just having this conversation with a client yesterday and it's, it's awful. And it's, you know, really, and I, I don't think anything is like with prediabetes in particular, I think that is especially, um, you know, used as a threat to, um, you know, push people into, as you said, like submitting to diet culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we know, um, that recovering from eating disorders, we know that, um, pursuing like intuitive eating type work is something again, that like promotes this this wellness and, and physical health, but also like emotional health, you know, it's something that we know can help like holistically. Um, and that, yeah, again, it just feels like I could just feel this heavy burden this person's carrying. And like you said, this person definitely like, so loves their family, you know, and it just comes through in the letter and, you know, considering all this, Rachel, um, what would you recommend to someone like this letter writer who is, trying to like hold on to all of this, what would you recommend as some steps forward? Yeah. So I think first it's probably really important to have just some facts about, um, you know, this diagnosis of, of prediabetes, because like we said, um, it is used as a, um, as a weapon, it's used as a threat. And, um, you know, certainly I, I 
there's a lot of controversy around this diagnosis. And I think there's certainly, you know, a, a good thing in that it can help people identify if they're having um, metabolic stuff going on that may be putting them at risk for, for diabetes. Like it certainly can be this helpful warning sign, but it also like catches a lot of people who are never, ever, ever going to develop diabetes. Um, and I'm not like, you know, an epidemiologist or, or expert in like the numbers, but from what I understand, um, you know, with the diagnosis of prediabetes, it's really just about 2% of people per year who have, and I believe it's untreated um, prediabetes that will go on to develop diabetes. So that's you know, what, like 10% of people after, um, after five years, that's not everybody, you know, that's mm-hmm. not like a, you have prediabetes and you will also, um, and that means without a doubt that you are going to develop, um, diabetes as a result of that. Um, on top of that, you know, I, I, you know, read in the letter, how the writer said, um, something along the lines of, of, you know, the doctor kind of saying, you know, you'll develop diabetes and this will, will ruin your family member's life. Even if your family member does develop diabetes eventually, that is not like, that is not a death sentence. That is, that does not ruin your life. Certainly for, for many people, um, you know, they, they can have diabetes. Um, maybe they have to take a medication, excuse me, um, maybe they have to, um, you know, maybe they're being a little bit more mindful and aware around food, but it doesn't always pose this massive, um, you know, create a massive change in one's life for other people. Sometimes the diabetes diagnosis, like, you know, can be quite a bit to manage and can be challenging, but a a diagnosis of diabetes, it is not this automatic, um, you know, life altering, awful thing to happen. There are many, 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 many people out there who are living just incredibly happy and healthy and lovely lives who have this diagnosis. Yeah, I think that's so important to point out. I'm glad you did. Um, There's something about um, the family histories that a lot of us have with diabetes. And, you know, I think about uh, my grandfather, um, you know, it seems like everyone in my family eventually gets diabetes if they make it to 90, which is really funny, you know, like, so yeah. Um, And, uh, but one of my, um, my, one of my grandfathers had it, I think, and I think he may have gotten in his forties or fifties and it was something that um, he just took a pill. It was no big deal. And, and, and I was glad to have that relationship with him and witness his diabetes because it was different than the things that I was hearing and seeing in my training and um, as a dietitian, because I was taught about like amputations and blindness and, and um, uh, neuropathy, which we know those things happen, but also like because of medical care, if, as long as someone has access to medical care and and um, doctors are diagnosing it before blood sugars are 300, you know, like there's ways to manage it. It's not this like thing that's going to lead to this doom and gloom. And um, yeah, there's like this all or nothing kind of mentality. And I mentioned that like our family's histories with it, because I almost wonder how much of it is like we, some of us have it in our body just because of past family members who may have passed away from it. And so we're scared of it, you know, because a hundred years ago, 
you know, it was just something that would cause all these horrible things and be a way to die really um, a lot earlier. But, but yeah, now, like you said, it's not something that's this um, as quite as impactful. And we, we know there are some people who have um, some complications and uh, more trouble managing it. And especially people who don't have access to healthcare or to medications or enough food, but um, you know, having that kind of free, I don't know, just um, access to care to be able to know if you even have it. Yeah. I just, I don't see it being as quite as scary. And um, there's something about that, like panic response that I lead um, that I see leading to like behaviors that are not what people would often want, you know, more hasty kind of jumping to, um, to, to kind of like either fads or just like all or nothing kind of experiences. And um, so for, yeah, for this letter writer, I'm like, I wish there was a way to like help digest these facts that you're saying, Rachel, to then allow the person then to like decide what they want to do, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Like these beliefs that we have about, you know, food and nutrition and also in, in its role in diabetes and also the, um, you know, this, this pressure that we put around diabetes, it doesn't actually help people take care of their bodies in a health promoting way. So yeah, you know, it's, it's like, you know, regardless of how you feel about a diabetes diagnosis, like putting so much pressure around it, I don't know that it helps people actually feed their bodies more healthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. This is where I'm like, amen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And the other thing you were saying too about your family um, and the the genetics around diabetes, mm-hmm. because it is something that there is this genetic link. And certainly um food and and movement are aspects of of you know things that can affect our blood sugar levels over time, or for someone who does have that kind of genetic predisposition, um, that can play a role. But it's not um you know, it is not solely an outcome of, of what you are eating and how you are moving. Um, we know that, as you mentioned, having access to medical care, stress. So when someone has just a, a high stress lifestyle or they're, they're in an oppressed group and they're, you know, experiencing that, that chronic stress of daily life, um, you know, environmental Excuse me, my my cold, of course, acting up now. Um, it's okay. <laughs> the, the the um you know the COVID anxiety never goes away once mm-hmm. you um even when you're fully vaccinated. Um, yes. but um but no um you know the like it it does not um you know, there are other aspects of preventing, um, diabetes that don't have to do with food and, um, don't have to do with exercise, things like having these lovely social connections with your family members, mm-hmm. um, things like having just like, you know, a, a great like environment that you're in and having, um, you know, and when it does come to food, just eating enough and eating a variety and, you know, getting some fat and proteins and carbs and pleasure on your plate. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be this restrictive thing. Oh yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because there is this like, oh, I don't know, pressure belief that, um, a person causes their diabetes. I, you know, I see this a lot with people I work with, with PCOS that they think they caused it, um, or, um, ate too much sugar or, 
didn't exercise enough. And yeah, what one thing that research has been really clear on is that genetics is like the main part of a person experiencing diabetes. And then the other um, way I'm like trying to figure out the like research words, but like the other way, I know that's not the right word, but like the other reason maybe um, that people have uh, more of a chance of experiencing diabetes, like you said, is because of how much power they have in the world or not, you know? And then become, then it's like behaviors and things. So there's all these sides to managing and preventing diabetes that is going to be about support and relationships and rest and trying to manage stress as much as a human can. But I also think about, I don't know what you think about this, Rachel, but I think about how um, people doing their individual work to recover from diet culture, to reject diet culture, to doing things like intuitive eating. And, you know, as, uh, as we really get into that as a normal way for ourselves, like that becomes the way that we're going to live our life. And so, you know, I think about intuitive eating means that I'm not going to be judging a person based on how they look, um, their body size. I'm not going to call a food good or bad. Um, that is something that like contributes to like a community being able to be, um, supported more and, um, providing more equitable kind of experiences in our community. And I'm like, that is something that actually may help our community's blood sugar, you know? Right. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Isn't that it's, cool? I think that's a really neat yeah. part of it, you know? Paying it forward. But yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. But with like, yes, absolutely. Because so much of, um, you know, part of our health is, is, we have some say, you know, the choices we make certainly can make a difference, but so much more so than that is like the community that we live in. And when you're healing your relationship with food, when you're, um, you know, when you are, as you said, like paying it forward, um, that really does create this kind of ripple effect in our families and our friendships that um, supports the health of the people around us. And while it would be lovely, like, you know, my goodness, the, the systems that affect our community health are so, so, so wide reaching and um, it, it's so complex. And my goodness, um, obviously like getting involved with like politics and, you know, paying attention to who you're voting for locally and just like getting involved in community organizations. Like, I don't know. I feel like those are ways that you can impact your loved one and, and your community's health, like even more so than the food that you're, that you're feeding. Yes, <laughs> I agree 100%. And so for you letter writer, when you're like feeling stressed about like, should I eat this sandwich with bread or lettuce, you know, like <laughs> thinking about these bigger picture things in the end may be more worth your brain energy. Like this, the bandwidth may be better served in another space and it's not necessarily going to come down to whether or not, um, you choose to eat a certain amount of carbohydrates or serve a certain amount of, of sugar in when you're cooking for your family. And, um, yeah, I hope that helps just to like take that like immediate kind of burden off and to help, um, just have a bigger picture and help you to go in the direction you want to go. That's like sustainable and long-term. So I really appreciate your insight, Rachel. And 
We have something on the Love Food podcast called the Food Peace Syllabus. If you're new to the show, it's a list of resources that we've been gathering over um, the last few years. And um, you can get the latest Food Peace Syllabus at juliedillonrd.com slash syllabus. And Rachel, would you like to add anything to it? Sure. So, um, I guess I will do my shameless self plug and Uh, (laughs) add my book, gentle nutrition. So it is a book that I really, you know, I wanted to write to help people conceptualize the role of nutrition and intuitive eating. And, um, I hope that, um, you know, in reading it, it helps people understand like, how can we take nutrition off the pedestal and, um, you know, engage with it in a way where it's actually, you know, health promoting and flexible and, and intuitive. So, um, so I would say that, um, the other thing I would add to it, I have a wonderful blog post on, um, on diabetes and intuitive eating written by, um, Kate, the dietitian who, um, works for me. And it has lots of just like really helpful information, some really flexible, um, information about nutrition for, um, diabetes management. So I I hope that reading that and, um, just getting more of an idea of how nutrition for diabetes, like is not this super restrictive, uh, you know, uh, uh, rule book of, <laughs> of ways of eating. I, I hope that that also helps kind of take a little bit of uh, pressure off this reader's shoulders. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. I will put uh, links to both of those in the show notes for you. And if someone wants to know more about you, maybe work with you, just find out more about your work, where is the best place for them to go? Absolutely. So they can go to my website, which is rachelhartleynutrition.com. And my name is spelled with an A-E-L. And then um, I am also um, active on Instagram, although not this week because I'm taking a little mental health um, Instagram break, but <laughs> normally I'm quite active on Instagram and my handle is rachelhartleyrd. All right. Thanks you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you so, so much for having me. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Rachel was helpful to you as you explore this nuance with prediabetes in your family. Her book is so lovely. Something that I was telling Rachel after we stopped recording is that it is beautiful. I am someone who is not this like voracious reader who just loves to read like words on a page. I love aesthetics and the way things look. And her book is beautiful, even just the way it feels in your hands. So I hope you can check it out. There's lots of really fabulous, delicious looking recipes that I actually am excited to try. And if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of cooking. Um, so they look really fun. And so check it out. I hope it helps you on your food peace journey. So I see that food is written back, but before we get to that, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, or shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. It helps more people find the show so we can join together, lock arms, and say fuck off to diet culture together. There's power in numbers, right? (laughs) All right, so let's get to Food Sletter. But until next time, take care. 
Dear, Sad, and Scared, We know you love your family so much. Please know you loving and caring for yourself while tending to your food peace journey will be an asset, not a detriment. We know diabetes is used as a weapon to scare one into complying with diet culture, but consider the facts. Food is not consumed in a vacuum. Diabetes is a complicated, chronic medical condition more tied to genetics and oppression rather than your individual, day-by-day, bite-by-bite food choices. Keep this perspective. Focusing on sustainable nourishment that includes pleasure and satiety will give you the energy you need to feed your family physically and emotionally. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.